Good morning, afternoon, evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pitter Patter Podcast with Eric and Jed. I am Eric. And I am Jed. And this is a place for two overthinkers to get together, knock some ideas around, uh, hopefully learn from one another, and then figure out what to do with all of it. <laughs> I could see your face sort of like cringing as you go. It's like, is he going to stick the landing? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Every time that I just sort of, I just sort of stumblingly plod my way for the intro, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get out of this one. <laughs> no, you did it. Killed hey. it. This is, that sounds like a pretty sweet podcast, Jeff. Yeah, man. You know, just like slightly messing up the intro every week, you know, maintaining our 4.7 billion listeners um, <laughs> month to month. I mean, it's hard, but at this point, we've been on the top for a while, so we're just making it work, <laughs> man. So, Jeff, what do you want to talk about today? So, Eric and I were talking in our pre-conversation amble, our preamble uh, today, and... Um, Something that I've been thinking about a decent amount recently is uh, we are coming up on the five-year anniversary of my parents' divorce. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! Hooray! Yeah, we're actually really close. Yeah, it's um, the birthday August. The birthday cake is on its way. The birthday cake is on its way. Thanks, man. And yeah, and and I think um, and Eric and I were talking doing our sort of pre-recording talk, and we were talking about connection and. Um, and relationships that we've been in and, and just thought it would be interesting to kind of sort of resurrect that topic a little bit and talk about it. And I think I think we talked about divorce um, in a really early episode. I think it was probably yeah. like episode like two or three. Well, what strikes me um, as interesting is that, one, there, as you said, there has been quite a bit of time, but I think that you have... I know that it was really hard for you and the rest of your family, but looking at it now... Obviously, it's tricky and complicated, but I feel like you've processed it for yourself quite well. And there's been a lot of closure and moving on and wishing the best for people. And uh, that's uh, that's an experience that I don't and can't fully understand. And so I, I was just curious either what what that was like for you. Was it hard? You know, what are some practical things that you've learned about yourself or that make that better? Yeah, no, it's, I appreciate you saying that, man. Like it's, um, I feel like I've, between myself and my three siblings, we've put in a lot of work to go, holy shit, that was a big deal. Um, a lot of the stuff that we thought basically like our idea of what the rest of our lives looked like and what the rest of our parents' lives looked like, what we thought was going to happen as kids, none of that happened. <laughs> right. Which is kind of a weird thing to let go, to be like, okay, this is kind of how I had this idea figured out and like, oh, I'm going to see my parents to, like together like when I have kids like, and they'll be grandparents together. Like, you know, just imagining just sort of these certain dynamics sort of progressing as a family, um, that didn't wind up happening. And... That was really difficult when it did happen um, almost five years ago. Do you remember, like, was it a sort of shock, gut punch experience or like a slow knife twisting experience? Um, you know, <clears throat> that's a really good question. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of kids who see parents get divorced think about it. Because you were also, um, like, older. We were older. Right. I remember, I think your brother, I was one of the first people he talked to, like, right when he found out, and obviously he was quite upset, which makes sense, but I don't, I don't think I heard much from your angle as much. Yeah, so, I mean, with us, so, my younger brother had just graduated high school, uh, Jesse, and then I was probably, 
uh, somewhere, somewhere along the lines of like 21, 22 at the time. Uh, no, like 20, excuse me. And um, so to, to answer your first question, like, did we kind of see it, like, was it like really blunt or was it like a, a slow burn? It, it's funny, it was kind of a combination of both. There was some, there was some stuff that kind of really started, there were some warning bells that really started going off like three to four years prior to them actually splitting up. Um, and then it was one of those like, hey, this is dealt with, but it's not really dealt with. And then like another thing would come up and it's like, hey, this new thing is dealt with, but it's not really dealt with. And then it just sort of compounded and built and built and built until bing, bang, boom, here we are. Uh, when they split up in whatever, August of 2014. Um, and then we all kind of collectively had to get together as siblings and go, what are we going to do about this now? Um, you know, one of the first things that I think we collectively came to us for my two brothers and my sister was do we all of us still love our mom and do we all still love our dad hmm. um and the answer to both those questions was yes hmm. we did we we did at the time we continue to do so today yeah. and we want to keep doing that and i feel like that's one of those things like when your parents split up it really has the potential to create a rift and from what i've heard in a lot of families um what can really suck is like kids feel like they have to choose and I would and I don't have a problem saying that there was some emotionally charged conversations that I had with my parents where they were kind of talking shit about each other because they were both because they were hurt and they felt vulnerable and they felt like they wanted to preserve individually preserve their relationship with us right um and we had to we had to basically just like cement really early on like yo this is not about you versus this is like saying to my dad this is not about you versus mom saying to my mom this is not about you versus father that's not it and i think that was one of the first like real okay this is a shitty set of circumstances but it's going to turn out okay because we know we still support each other as a family and we still love each other as a family huh. And that was a really big, like, wake-up call of, like, okay, now we've got something to work with. And I feel like that was one of those things where if we hadn't have done that early on, I feel like sh- like shit could have spiraled, um, kind of spiraled out of control. Uh, and I recognize that's really hard to do when you're younger, when you're a kid, because it's really, really difficult to make those kinds of decisions and be objective. Right. Um, and say like, hey, this is a really set of like shitty set of circumstances, but I'm not gonna like throw in the towel with a parent. Um, so yeah, just to, I don't know. I, I, the, and the main reason I say that is just kind of to show some some empathy and sympathy for our listeners. Is like this can be a shitty set of circumstances, and I am and I am comfortable telling my story because I hope it'll help in some way. Right, and every but um, every divorce is completely different, and it's all not great. Yeah, it's exactly. interesting. Yeah, because it's 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 complicated because it is terrible, you know. But you yeah. can't just be like, "Oh, everything happens for a reason." That you know made me. A- yeah, and when people and when people say shit like that to you, like right after the event, you want to punch them in the face. Right. It's it's like going into a hospital and you know, like a hospital, and you've recently heard that like a friend or a loved one has got some terrible disease, and the first thing that you say to them is, "Oh, God wanted you to have this." Yeah. Like, God wanted this to happen, you know, to play. Like, I think that's something that, that's the type of thing that, like, people say in, a, in, the, in the religious community that we were brought up in. Uh, and that was maddeningly unhelpful because I was like, I don't think God pulled the trigger on this. Yeah. 
Um, which kind of segues into my next sort of reflection of like trying to figure this out of like, is it object, like according to my perception, is it a good thing that my parents are no longer a couple? Okay. Well, what's, really... what's your, what's your hot take on that? Um, I think it is. I think it is a good thing. Honestly, I feel like their relationship had a lot of beauty to it and I feel like their connection had you know really meant something uh and they were good parents and they really tried very hard but at the end of the day I mean and, and hindsight's twenty twenty, right but like at the end of the day they just didn't strike me as two people who were suited to be together for the rest of their lives yeah and um one reflection that I had to admit to myself actually really recently was they dealt with a lot of their problems with each other by having more kids, by like pouring more effort and energy into raising us. And therefore like they ignored a lot of the problems that were happening between the two of them, which caused a lot of strife in our family as a unit, because they basically, I mean, used is a really strong, is a really strong word, but they, they diverted a ton of energy into like making sure that we wouldn't be like them, but that became a problem in and of itself, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people, a lot of families kind of do that, where they go, oh, we'll do this for the sake of the kids. Oh, it's okay because we're trying to take care of our children. And I totally respect that, and I totally believe that, like, you know, parents are working really, really hard and they're really trying to do their best, but it can be detrimental when people are ignoring their own interpersonal issues. Hmm. Um, and that was something that I just needed to acknowledge and go, okay, there was strife that was just built in from the get-go between my mom and my dad. And it's a good thing that that strife no longer exists, that that conflict no longer exists. Um, and it seems like are, yeah, both of them are pretty happy in the new scenarios, right? They're both married. And yeah. Both remarried. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And, and, and happily. And and even though there is that kind of knee-jerk reaction of, oh, having a stepmom is weird, having a stepdad is weird, and, and then for us, it's not really even a stepmom or a stepdad because we were already adults when my parents split up, but like having someone else that your parent is married to, um, they're happy. And they, I feel like, respectively, they're like my dad's wife and my mom's husband, they are good couples. They are good pairings of people. And I don't and I don't wish it upon my parents to like be alone and to live in their misery for the rest of their lives. I recognize that having that kind of like knee-jerk reaction right after uh, I heard that my dad got engaged, that was selfish because I was like, you know, oh, well, what about us kind of a thing. And it and it honestly it hasn't like his relationship hasn't dampened his marriage hasn't dampened his relationship with us. It's, That's great. It's a new it's a new dynamic. And sometimes it can be complicated, but it had that doesn't mean that I love my dad any less or he loves us any less. And that was really refreshing to go, holy shit, okay, this is a good thing. Um, and I mean, I, and I've heard horror stories, honestly. I've heard about other situations where it doesn't turn out that way and things can get messy. But I am honestly, I am confident in saying I'm very grateful to have the, the friendship and the connection that I have with both my parents in spite of all these new things that have happened within the last five years. Well, it seems like one of the major reasons that you've been able to move forward is that 
the priority the whole time has been what you said in the beginning, which is like, we all care about each other. We all want everyone to be happy and healthy. And that sort of sucks that things didn't work out the way I expected. But, you know, I don't think it doesn't feel like you're carrying any guilt on yourself or anger towards anyone, really. Doesn't seem like it. Honestly, well, I mean, there's you know culpability like you know who's responsible that was a that was a big discussion that happened early on um and a lot of that responsibility falls on my dad my my dad made some big mistakes um my mom's made some mistakes uh and like i said i mean their connection had kind of pitfalls and things that didn't really work from like day one you know uh stuff that we heard about way later on in life that we had no idea about because i mean this was issues that they had before they even got married um But I think one thing, you know, one thing that that kids, you know, really need to hear um, in general is when their parents get divorced, it's not their fault. It's not kids' fault. Yeah. Uh, And you shouldn't feel responsible, Um, even though it's easy to kind of reflect inwardly and go, oh, my God, I could have done something wrong. I could have been part of this problem. I could have, you know, done this, that, and the other thing. It's just not a healthy problem. Do you think you, I mean, I would imagine you had to have started seeing your parents as just people after some of this stuff like more less as parents like you saw more oh this is just people being complicated yeah just a human being yeah totally and that's and that's a kind of scary but pretty humbling experience and i think especially because like the idea of parents within the church as like an institution it's almost like it's it's almost like built in that like oh my god your parents have this like holy status and you have to you know listen you know it's, it's in the ten commandments like honor your you know father and mother kind of a thing um and i needed to re- all of us us four kind of needed to collectively go wait a second they're people they're people who are confused and scared and made mistakes and are going to make mistakes that doesn't mean that they're not worth my time that doesn't mean that i should write them out of my life yeah um, that was that was my story, and I'm really happy that that was my story because I I can't imagine what this process would have been like having to lose a parent. You know, like saying like I can't do this anymore. Right. I can't have you be part of my life. Um, and I know that's some people's stories, and I feel really really sorry for them. And I and I know that that can really suck. Um, not from my personal experience because my story is like. No, I just, like, we were in a position where I was like, no, I'm just going to stick with this, and I'm just going to figure it the fuck out. And sometimes when my mom would say something shitty about my dad, I would have to say, like, yo, mom, like, you can't do that, and vice versa. Like, sometimes my dad would say something about about my mom, and I'd be like, yo, man, like, you're trying to pull me into this dynamic. Right. Which is something that they did. Like, before they split up, they kind of... They, in their own way, would at times pull us for into their into their narrative, into their dynamic, uh, and that wasn't cool. And we had to really take a stance, collectively and individually, and go, no, 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 no. This is your guys' deal. It's not us. It has nothing to do yeah. with us. This is your relationship. Um, but that did create a lot of clarity of like, oh, how do I deal with interpersonal relation? How do I deal with like interpersonal conflict now? I can't pull somebody in and be like, hey, can you deal with this for me? Like, I need to, like, look somebody in the face and go, like, no, like, let's figure this shit out. Yeah. 
you know, and that's one thing that it, it was illuminating. And now I recognize like there are certain, you know, I, I mean, we could talk for, for a long time about like, these are some of the, the ways that I think about communication now in lieu of the fact that my parents are divorced, which I never would have thought about. What, what I mean, if you were to run down a quick list of those things, what would they be? Um, don't, don't tell people what they want to hear just because you'll think it'll make them happy with you. Yeah. You know, like if you believe something and if you want to speak your mind about something, you kind of just have to do it. Um, something that I rec and my dad and I have talked about this and, and we've had a lot of healing through it. Um, a lot of the time it can be easier to just recognize like this is kind of what something this is something that the other person wants to hear and and you basically make a decision in your head which could be right or wrong of like i'm just going to say the thing that's going to kind of placate them um but i'm not going to say what's really on my mind or what's really in my heart i'm just going to ignore that part i'm just going to compartmentalize it and put it away um and that's destructive it doesn't work i mean i know it's cliche to say that honesty is the best policy but like you got to get shit out on the table. Like a lot of the, like I can safely say that one of the big reasons why my parents like kind of had that rift from day one was because they just didn't talk about certain things mm. ever. Yeah. Never talked about it. And then they would talk about other shit, but then they would like those things that they never talked about would kind of seep into those conversations. So it feels like they were always talking around things as opposed to talking about things. Yeah. Um, so that was a reflection for sure. I mean, I think, um, I think recognizing that people can be flawed, people can be flawed and that's okay. And people can be scared and that's okay. I think, you know, and I, and I use that word scared a lot because I recognize that it was part of my parents' deal was they were kind of scared of each other. Not scared of like anything crazy happening or like you know, anything physical or anything like that, but just scared of how people would react and scared of what people would say and people experiencing fear and people experiencing anxiety is part of interaction. It's part of that. Yeah. With vulnerability and, and just ignore it and anything. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was something that, like, like I said, I mean, kind of silver lining of like interpersonal communication. That's just part of the deal. Uh, and recognizing that that vulnerability is not a deficiency. Um, it sometimes isn't an asset. And I'm willing to admit that. I don't, I don't think fear and I don't think guilt are assets necessarily, but I think that they can just be part of the picture. And not, and and not being thing, scared of being scared. Yeah, exactly. And because and, <clears throat> that could be a whole other death spiral. And I think the last thing that I've, I've kind of stopped and, and, and really thought about for myself and, and for other people is different communication styles doesn't mean that one person's smarter than the other one. Hmm. That's a big one because people communicate differently and hmm. people have a hard time meeting in the middle when they don't sound like you. I've realized that in my own life of like, Oh my God, I have this crazy connection with this person. And then in the back of my head, I'm going, no, they just sound like you, man. Like, they just talk like you. That's why you have these types of connections. That's interesting. And, but, and that's not a bad thing, like finding people who are like-minded in that way. But that doesn't mean you can't have connections with, communicate, with people who communicate differently. That's interesting, yeah. It just means you need to recognize it. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean, even on this podcast, right? Like, my communication style is pretty different than yours. I like how you said it doesn't make you more or less smart if you can't if you aren't more eloquent or sharp or whatever, because 
like with some of my friends, they think that I'm super eloquent because I've thought about things and can express myself relatively well. Um, but in comparison to other people, like if, if you and I are in an interaction, you are way quicker at the draw in terms of spitting things out than I am. And you can say it in a way that's more persuasive, I think. I recently reconnected with um, this, this girl I had like a sort of complicated, I had a bad relationship with. And she's one of those people where whenever I interact with her, she can like out talk me and out whip me like, um, and it was one big lesson in the relationship was learning, like, even though she can out talk me, that doesn't mean that she's, she's like smarter than me, or I should think less of myself or, or my way of thinking or communicating. Right. And, and honestly, at the end of the day, I feel like people make communication competitive as a reflection of their own internal anxiety. Huh. They're like, people are scared. And I know, and I can say that, I feel like I can say this because I know I've done this myself. I feel like I need to be more persuasive when I'm nervous about myself. When I'm nervous about, Jed, you don't make sense. Jed, you don't think clearly. Jed, you don't you know, remember stuff really well. Notice the pause when I, before I said remember stuff really well. Um, That is a man, those are manifestations of my own anxiety. And I try to overcompensate for those things in conversation by sounding smarter. Yeah. If you're doing that with a significant other, that makes no fucking sense. It's not. Yeah. I was just about to say like on the, on the inverse of that, I think it's really special when you have someone that you really care about and trust and you can sit with them in your like stammering and you're you know saying like a million times or not being the most eloquent and they are patient and understanding of that and knowing like even though you're not saying this perfectly I care about you and I'm willing to wait and I'm not thinking less of you because of that that's really cool exactly and I feel like if you're able if you're able to do that in a romantic relationship and a friendship it makes things simpler because then you can talk about the problem as opposed to like I'm winning at talking, which is terrible. You know, which is terrible. I'm I'm proving that I'm smarter than you. Well, are we solving anything? No, but I feel good. Right. Well, it's like you might feel good for like ten seconds, but then you realize that you just piss the other person. Yeah, you off. create a weird power dynamic and exactly. But again, like. I recognize that as a baseline comes back to I'm nervous about what's going on in my own head. Hmm, that's interesting. I'm I'm scared, so I'm going to try to overcompensate and show this person, look how fucking smart I am. And once you get to a point where you're in a relationship and you're doing that, I would hazard to say maybe you should reevaluate that relationship. Because that's what, honestly, that's what my parents were doing to each other. They had this, like, who's winning? You know, who's smarter? Who's a better Christian? these types of things that became this sort of like back and forth and then they would try to bring us into it and it would be like oh look you know i'm smarter i'm a better christian or jesus loves me more or whatever that got really fucking unhealthy (laughs) and i don't want to get to a point where i look at somebody across the table and go i want to beat you at something right i want to look at at the person sitting across the table and go we're in on this together we're trying to solve this together yes because you're going to argue, but you've got to go, are our priorities in the same line? Right. Are, they, are we heading towards the same direction? Yeah. I mean, I've talked about this a lot with people that I care about, um, which is like conflict is actually not 
something to be super freaked out about. Like any sort of closeness with any person, you're going to have some sort of conflict. I remember when I uh, like was just about to move in, like for my first like college apartment mate, some guy older than me was like, if you guys never have a conflict, there's something sort of wrong. Like if you guys don't have something really uncomfortable. And I was like, what? what <laughs> like I, that I, we get along pretty well i don't think we're gonna have any conflict but closeness in any form requires conflict and so that's not what you should be f freaked out about conflict's okay it's just whether or not the person you're in conflict with is gonna work with you on the same team or against you yeah right and and to be totally yeah and just to kind of call it for what it was my parents got to a point where they stopped working together they just did and, um, I mean, they, they never stopped working together, like, as parents. They were always together on the parent... Well, actually, now that I say that, there's, there's certain caveats to even that. <laughs> but, um, for the, in, the, in the vast majority, that's one thing that they were always pretty much... Pretty on the same, on the same page. About. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it and I recognize that that effort on their part created was was a pretty big part of creating the relationship that us four have with each other. You know, we were raised in a way of like, you stick with your family, you like hang out with your siblings all the time, you figure shit out, you have tough conversations, and you go about life as you normally would without writing people off. And I recognize that's something that my parents did together, and they did a pretty good job of it. They. They instilled that in us. And, um, and I think that's, that can be a word of hope to people who have, you know, parents who are divorced or who, whose parents are going through divorce or whose, like, parents are separated or whatever. If you can look at your family and, you know, look at the person to your left and look at the person to your right and go, hey, are we together on this? That's a hell of a lot better place to, to be than, oh, my God, I'm totally alone. Um, that's it's it's humbling and it's scary but at the end of the day i've been able to kind of make it because of my siblings and because of my parents going we're going to figure this out right that's great uh and and the desire to do so that's great i i have one last thing which is another big can of worms honestly sure. um which is like you know we are sort of similar to our parents because they raised us so how have you processed like seeing what happened with your parents and then not being like, I'm destined to have the same experience. Yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a really great question. Um, I'm, I'm way more like my dad than I'm like my mom between us four. And I recognize that my dad spent a lot of time and effort trying to basically cultivating the way that I communicate to be like the way he communicates. Yeah. Uh, the way he talks, the way he thinks between him and I, it's, it's very similar. And as a result, I, I feel like I can understand my dad really well. And I feel like he can understand me really well. That doesn't mean, that type of connection doesn't mean that I'm him. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm going to become him. It doesn't mean that I'm going to make the, the exact same decisions that he made. It means that we're similar. That's it. And that's a profound kind of harsh realization to make when you're like, oh, you know, because my dad said some stuff when I was a kid of like, you know, he, how he was nervous about like passing stuff down, you know, father to son of like, oh, no, my issues will become your issues. And that kind of got in my head. And at the end of the day, that just wasn't true. His issues aren't mine. Yeah. 
They're just not. I'm living my life and he is living his life. And it was a really big thing to let go of like, oh my God, I'm not destined for anything. Well, you make you I'm make your de- own path, right? Exactly. And I'm going to fuck it up. Yeah. And I'm going to have to fix it. Yeah. That doesn't have anything to do with him. I can ask for his advice. Yeah. I can say, hey, man, like, well, you know, what have you been through? But at the end of the day, going like, oh, my God, I'm doomed to be my father is just untrue. And unhealthy, yeah. Yeah. It's just not. And, and, and like, and honestly, it, it reflects, too, with stuff with my mom. Recognizing, you know, recognizing, like, I am prone to being anxious in ways that are similar to my the way that my mom is prone to being anxious. I'm prone to be anxious in ways that are similar to my dad being anxious. That doesn't mean that I am destined, excuse me, or fated to do the same things that they did. It just means that there's sort of an eerie similarity. But you need to recognize it's at a certain point your autonomy in things. Yeah. And saying like, I just, I need to make up my own fucking mind. And, and it was a, it was interesting timing because I was an adult when I watched my parents get divorced. I was already starting to do that. I was already starting to kind of make up my mind about things. Um, and then when they split up, it was like a big, like, oh, now you really got to do it, Jed. Now you really need to hit, hit the ground running. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's, that, that's my sort of, like, off the cuff. I mean, there was a lot there. I really appreciate you being open and talking about all that stuff. And yeah, absolutely, man. I don't know. That's just one of those hard experiences that a lot of people don't talk about. And I'm really happy that you guys have been able to all move forward in relatively healthy ways. And, um, yeah, because I've been close friends with you and especially your brother as well throughout that whole process. And I could see it was really hard. But, yeah, I mean, I think it that... It continues to be. Yeah, but yeah. I think that you... In certain I ways. think that you guys did a good job of taking care of yourself and also being more not divisive with it and yeah yeah so that's cool no thanks man i i appreciate you saying that and and just to you know just to kind of wrap up i mean talk about it figure it out go to therapy get into your get into your head try to understand what you're feeling and what you're going through um because things get scary when you put them in a box somewhere in your brain and then you forget about it. And then it pops up 30 years later and you're like, oh my God, why am I so angry all the time? And it's like, well, because you didn't really deal with shit. And at the end of the day, I'm happy that we dealt with shit. Yeah. <laughs> it sucked. It was really, really hard. And a lot of those conversations didn't come easy. But at the end of the day, I would I would recommend people like when things go pear-shaped, you got to just sort of sit down with people that you love and people that you trust and go, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to figure this out? Right. Exactly. Well, that was a sort of heavy episode, but I think helpful. We here, fam. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing your Feel thoughts. Feel free to drop a drop a comment, send us a like, whatever <laughs> opportunities are presented on whatever platforms that we post on. I'm still a little fuzzy on that, to be totally honest. Thank you, Eric, for continuing to rock the technological side of this uh, this wonderful podcast. My pleasure, Jed. You're yeah, you're you're the best, man. Thank Appreciate you. you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Tune in next week where we talk about something that is equally deeper. I don't. I don't know. Know that it's going to be that sweet, sweet fire that we always bring to the <laughs> airwaves. Thank you guys. Have a All nice right, week. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Peace.